everything turn, turn, turn. There is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. BFF.FM Best Frequencies Forever. Good morning. I'm your host, Keith Dixon, and thanks for tuning in. The name of the program is Turn, 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 and the idea being that to every song, there is a season. The purpose of this hour is to play songs that embody the current season. It's summertime, and we'll be playing songs from Ride, Fox the Fox, and The Horrors. But first, we'll be starting with a Brooklyn band that has a buzz about them, that is reminiscent of the post 9-11 bands that would come out of the early aughts indie rock boom. But what is truly remarkable is that the band, Geese, just graduated high school. They are only 18 and 19 years old, yet they started a label bidding war while the ink was still drying on their diplomas. With less than 10 shows under their belt, they are far from a seasoned band. So how did this happen? Well, as they tell it, it wasn't supposed to. The band's roots go back to 2016 when they started playing music together in the 8th grade. They would release an album in 2017 and an EP in 2019, with both having been scrubbed from the internet. But in the early days of 2020, during their senior year of high school, the band planned to record and release an album online, afterward breaking up and heading off to college. The band would record the album themselves, with only one day per week to write, rehearse, and put it to tape. In order to finish the album before graduation, the band did not have the luxury of taking their time or spending hours on a single take. As guitarist Gus Green put it, quote, It was the difference between going through effects and changing the sound of a single sample for a week versus throwing a mic in a shoe, putting it in front of an amp, doing one take, and moving on, end quote. After releasing only two singles online, they had someone email them interested in managing them. Shortly after that, they were taking meetings with the labels Fat Possum and Sub Pop in between their Zoom classes. They would end up signing with Partisan Records, with all members of the band deciding to put college on the back burner for now. The band has cited influences that range from Yes and Pink Floyd, to Animal Collective and Radiohead, to Ty Seagal and OCs. The final product has ended up sounding more like post-punk luminaries such as Wire, Gang of Four, Pill, and A Certain Ratio. Also, as enemy writer Jonathan Garrett points out, they are, quote, quite clearly fans of Deer Hunters circa the Kraut Gaze era of Microcastle, end quote. Our featured song shines with kaleidoscopic descending guitar lines and a steady dance beat that clips away, all built around an elastic bass line. It is post-punk tinged with psychedelia, and hopefully a start to what could be a brilliant career. This is Low Era. When they go in the street 
Forever. Up next, we'll be playing an acid-drenched house track that cracked the UK's top 10, all while featuring an almost comically slick saxophone part and a liberal dose of loon calls. Yeah, you heard that right. Bird calls. The group behind the song was 808 State, a trio hailing from Manchester, England, who were prominent fixtures at the Hacienda, the Manchester mecca of rave culture. The group was made up of music enthusiasts and crate diggers, or I guess one could go as far as to say they were music nerds. One of the group members, Martin Price, actually even owned his own record shop, so yeah, they were probably those guys. After a failed attempt as a hip-hop group, they went under the moniker The Hit Squad. They would turn to their love of Detroit and Chicago techno to put a new spin on the genre. As Pitchfork put it, quote, 808 State were a much more radical proposition than their Manchester peers in the Stone Roses and Happy Mondays. Instead of augmenting traditional jangly psych pop with dance rhythms, the group started at the other end of the spectrum, rough, squelching acid house, and used it as a base for their wildest impulses, end quote. Early support for the group came from two powerhouses in the British music scene, Factory Records' head honcho Tony Wilson and tastemaker and legendary BBC Radio 1 host John Peel. Our featured song was an anthem for the Manchester scene and was in fact the de facto final tune at the Hacienda for around six months. Group member Graham Massey even went so far as to say, quote, Mentally, we almost made Pacific State for that place. We were trying to emulate the feeling that was going on in there. It was tailored to that place and that environment, end quote. Massey would write and play the saxophone part on the track as a tribute to John Coltrane, Wayne Shorter, and Pharaoh Sanders. Where the inspiration for the bird calls came from, I can't say. But as writer Abigail Garnett points out, quote, it's hazy atmosphere, equally evocative of a warm beach with a cool breeze and a club with a packed-in crowd, proved an enduring influence on a new generation of techno producers and bleary-eyed ravers alike. The perfect cocktail of new age naturalism and club drugs, end quote. This is Pacific State.
BFF.FM. Best frequencies forever. Up next, we'll be featuring a song from an emerging new artist that just released her sophomore album and first under Omaha's Saddle Creek Records. North Carolina-based artist Indigo DeSouza released Any Shape You Take just two weeks ago at the end of August. As writer Kat Zhang notes, the album, quote, traces a loose narrative down a rocky path towards self-discovery, end quote. From reading interviews with DeSouza, one can conclude that the album's title is a clever double entendre. She states, quote, I wanted this album to give a feeling of shifting with and embracing change. These songs came from a turbulent time when I was coming to self-love through many existential crises and shifts in perspective, end quote. So the title, Any Shape You Take, is a declaration of acceptance, an ode to the unknown and to who one might become. But then she also said, quote, The album title is a nod to the many shapes I take musically. I don't feel that I fully embody any particular genre. All of the music just comes from the universe that is my ever-shifting brain, heart, world, end quote. And you can certainly hear this statement ring true in her music. At 24 years old, D'Souza's music is a Gen Z amalgamation of grungy alt-rock and hi-fi pop, highlighted with bright synths and anchored by bedroom confessionals. Her lyrics have been noted to be existential in nature, colored by equal parts melancholia and joy. D'Souza expanded on this by saying, quote, I feel very much like a shapeshifter with my music. I'm always trying to embody a balance between the existential weight and the overflowing sense of love I feel in the world, end quote. Amen. Our featured song is the second single taken from the album, but by far the most pop-forward of the lot. It is warm and bright, groove-laden and ready for the dance floor, a love song in the purest sense. In an interview with Uprocks, D'Souza said, quote, I wrote this song a while ago. I was in a relationship with someone who was really special to me in many different ways. I was so amazed by how love can be so many different things and can change and take many forms with a person. You can choose to honor all the different forms that it takes. It can sometimes be romantic or it can sometimes be platonic. And there doesn't need to be a limit to the ways that you can feel about a person, end quote. This is Hold You.
Friends are doing it. All your 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 friends are doing it. Best frequencies forever. 
We'll be closing out the program with a song from an album that many saw as a return to form, or shall I say balance, for titans of the American noise rock scene. Now for the record, I'm not saying that Sonic Youth's recording output fell off in between 1988's Daydream Nation and 2002's Murray Street. Quite the contrary. There is an epic run that consists of goo, dirty, experimental jet set, washing machine, and finally a thousand leaps. What came after those albums, 2000's New York City Ghosts and Flowers, split the critics by leaning heavily into their avant-garde and no-wave past with eerie results, though there are certainly some beautiful moments, such as the opening track, Free City Rhymes. So what was meant by my opening statement was that the general consensus was that the albums between Daydream and Murray either leaned too much into their poppier or experimental tendencies, never quite finding the balance that was so perfectly struck on Daydream Nation, that is, until the release of Murray Street. But that was always the two sides of Sonic Youth's coin, their pop and avant-garde polarities. Though complex and highly textured soundscapes, the songs on Murray Street are catchy and, dare I say, fun to listen to. When researching this album, there was an insightful observation that I came upon. Writing for Pitchfork, writer Rob Mitchum said, quote, If the band is revealing its roots to any oldies act, it's to guitarist Lee Ronaldo's long-cherished Grateful Dead. Now, that might be one of the last bands you think of when discussing Sonic Youth who bore their NYC punk and no-wave credentials like a badge of honor. But it is one that makes sense when discussing Murray Street. The Dead had long split the difference between pop and experimental, catchy melodies and noise freakouts, not to mention their tendencies for intricate and extended arrangements. Our featured song, Disconnection Notice, is a Thurston Moore pen tune that sounds as though it is languishing in the late summer sun, a lysergic haze of texture and complexity that seems as though it's going to implode or explode, but never fully does. That's it for this week. Thanks for tuning in.
Passer 